Welcome to Homeschooling Co-op Style, a weekly podcast hosted by Pat Wesolowski. Pat began homeschooling her nine children more than 25 years ago. It didn't take her long to discover that co-ops were a perfect fit for her educational goals. Co-ops allowed her family to study together with other families, creating a safe and friendly environment that was conducive to honing public speaking skills. Sharing responsibilities with other parents lessened the stress and the workload. After years of organizing and orchestrating a variety of co-ops, Pat is here to encourage, teach, and promote homeschooling co-op style. Welcome to Homeschooling Co-op Style. This program is for those of you who have never tried a co-op before. Now is a great time to begin planning a fall co-op. I love co-ops, and if you've never experienced that before, be willing to give it a try. First, we're going to discuss what to put on your to-do list, and then we're going to go over thematic options for the co-op. So have a pen and paper ready. Take a few notes. Number one, find at least one more family to join you in this adventure. Two or more families is preferable because there will be weeks that some are sick and cannot attend. If there's only one other family, then you'll have to cancel or reschedule. Six to eight families, depending on the size of the families, is a very workable amount. The workload and expenses can easily be shared between the parents. Number two, find a location where you will meet. Larger homes work well and many prefer a home environment. You'll need access to a screen for the presentations, tables for crafts and or experiments, and a place for snacks. In the past, our co-ops have met in homes, at businesses, at parks, and at churches. The current co-op I'm in has paid a fee of $200 to meet at a church. We divide this fee between the families. Number three, pick a subject as a main theme for the co-op. We'll discuss this in detail later on in this podcast. Number four, spend part of your summer organizing the co-op. This will include creating parental assignments. Charts work well, and I will put a sample chart as a note on the Homeschooling Co-op Style Facebook page, as well as in the post for this podcast on the Ultimate Radio Network page. Your co-op may want to include assignment charts for the children's presentations, or you may prefer to let the children and their parents choose assignments weekly. Number five, collect supplies you plan to use and make a PowerPoint presentation to be used weekly. The PowerPoint presentation helps the co-op flow smoothly, and for me, it's often a reminder to include everything I want to include. Number six, keep an eye out for cute pictures or videos online that will enhance the co-op. The videos I show at co-op end up being a highlight of the student's day. Most are less than three minutes, and all are less than ten minutes long. The videos I show include commercials, songs, history documentaries, Facebook events, news articles, and more. Number seven, plan for the use of electronics. Have a screen, whether it's a TV screen or a computer monitor or a freestanding screen in a media room. It's a must for using PowerPoint for showing videos. Although I have used my personal laptop when there were no other options, a larger screen is preferable. Most laptops have a place to plug in a cable that will project the visual from the laptop to a screen. Students, some as young as 10, can create their own PowerPoint presentations. You may want to invest in a remote control for the presentations. You can find those online for under $20. Number 8. Once you've chosen a topic and found additional families to join your co-op, You can schedule a get-together in order to explain how the co-op will work. And, if the children do not know each other, they can be introduced and spend time getting to know one another. If your plans are set in place in early summer, you may want to meet monthly until the co-op begins. Number 9. Plan to include a newsletter as one of the parental assignments so that each family can have a copy of the summation of each co-op. I'll post a picture of a front of one of our newsletters on the Facebook page and on the Ultimate Radio Network page. 
Number 10. If there are going to be costs involved, such as rent for a facility, snacks, crafts, experiments, etc., then you may want to come up with a figure and divide the cost among families so that can be collected before the first co-op. Many of our co-ops have been totally free, and when there were expenses for snacks and or crafts, we simply rotated these assignments and shared the expenses. Number 11. Two or more options to consider when planning a co-op are field trips and special speakers. If your co-op is centered around transportation, then having field trips to the fire station, an airport, a train station, a boat dock, etc. will enhance the co-op. One of the parental assignments could be the planning of field trips. If you want to bring in a special speaker, then discuss options and decide how you'll pay the speaker. Even if the speaker does not charge a fee, and in the past we've had many speakers at our co-ops and none have ever charged a fee, plan to give them a gift of appreciation, whether it be money, gift card, flowers, food, etc. In one co-op, we had a man come in and speak every week. This co-op was filled with teens who were so appreciative of the speaker that they donated money towards his gift and even planned a fundraiser for his family. We're going to take a short break now, and then we'll come back and talk about themes for the co-op. Have you ever wanted to pack up the textbooks and quit homeschooling? Have you ever wanted to just pack up your children? Let's face it, homeschooling is a buzzkill. This is Fletch. And this is Kendra. As your hosts of the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast, we'd love for you to join us every two weeks as we talk about topics that you might not see covered at your local homeschooling convention. With humor and real-life examples, we promise to pull back the veil on Christian homeschooling and confront a few of the sacred cows that homeschoolers continue to worship. But more importantly, we'll remind our listeners to stay centered on the gospel and remember the freedom that Christ gives each of us. To join the discussion or for more information regarding upcoming shows, visit our website at homeschoolingirl.com. Now let's talk about possible themes for co-ops. The beauty of being the one planning the co-op is that you can choose a topic near and dear to your heart. Of course, if no one else gets excited about the topic you choose, you may find it difficult to get others on board. Many times the parents do not really care what topic you choose as long as you're willing to take charge and expedite the process. Let's talk in terms of ages from young children to teenagers and discuss co-ops that have children of all ages. If your co-op will only include very young children, preschoolers to first or second grade, then consider a very simple theme. Transportation, pirates, ABCs, something like that. If transportation, each co-op could cover a different mode of transportation. Geography would include the locations of the invention of the mode of transportation, as well as the production places of each mode. History would include the process of invention as well as the people involved. Presentations by the students could include something as simple as a child sharing information on their family vehicle, to a book report, to something more elaborate, depending on the child. Thanks to Pinterest, there are many snack ideas to be found that relate to a transportation theme. For an ABC theme, one could plan 26 weeks, or less because you may want to combine several letters, that are each centered around a letter of the alphabet. My daughter's in the process of creating a curriculum for her family, and I'm encouraging her to publish it for others to use as well. If you have all boys, they would love a pirate theme. If you have all girls, a princess theme would be fun. The main objectives of the co-op are to provide socialization, both for the students and the parents, in a safe and friendly environment, and to provide opportunities for the students to give presentations. If they start their presentations at a young age, they'll never develop a fear of speaking in public. 
If the co-op you are planning will include older elementary age children, then you may want a slightly more mature subject. If they're old enough to read books, then centering the co-op around literature is a lot of fun. We have a cross-cultural cruise guide that uses 10 of our favorite Patricia Palaka books. That guide makes starting a co-op a piece of cake, as it includes everything you need from the disciplines to thematic snacks to Bible lessons and more. If you're comfortable starting a co-op without a guide, it could be based on the Magic School Bus books or the Magic Treehouse books. Assign a book a week and plan the lessons, the snacks, experiments, crafts, etc. around the information contained in the assigned book. This fall, I organized a co-op for girls ages 5 to 12 based on the American Girl books. After Christmas, we switched to a medieval co-op that included boys, too. We have eight families and around 15 children from ages 4 to 14 attend. The medieval co-op was divided into 12 time periods. We'll end the co-op with a medieval feast, which will include a game of Jeopardy, horseback rides, castle making, and eating foods with our hands. Kids are really looking forward to that part. The students will arrive dressed in costumes. Many of our co-ops include children from ages 4 to 16. There are benefits as well as challenges to having a co-op with students of such varied ages. The benefits include keeping your family together, as well as teaching students of various ages how to get along. The challenges have more to do with making sure the information is understandable to the younger students, but relative to the older students as well. In co-ops that include toddlers and teens, the teens can become the teachers. This will stretch the teen and teach them skills they wouldn't learn otherwise. Separating the age groups for various activities would be appropriate. The younger children could be doing a craft while the older students could be tackling another assignment, experiments, research, community service, etc. One of our favorite co-ops ever with students of various ages was on inventions and inventors, and we have a guide for that as well. We also enjoyed the Civil War, and even though that sounds like a serious subject for younger children, they all enjoyed the study. One year, we designed our co-op around a top ten list, and each week we studied the top ten events from various divisions. Natural disasters, man-made disasters, famous people, infamous people, historic events, inventions. You get the idea. That was a lot of fun. One year we had a co-op based on the top ten wars that have taken place. When we had a geography co-op, we had so many students that the presentations were assigned to families rather than to individual students. This worked out well because the entire family got up in front of the group to share. The youngest ones, usually the toddlers, would hold up a flag of the country that the family was discussing. The other family members would each share a little bit about the country, and sometimes the parents shared as well. That was a fun co-op. Each student had a passport that was stamped at the arrival of co-op, and we stayed for thematic lunches, which were quite interesting and often amazing. Because I have nine children, I loved having co-ops that included all of my children. One year, I joined a co-op that required me teaching one age group while the children were in separate classes. I so missed being together that I decided to return to family-integrated co-ops. Once my youngest three children became teens, then I planned my co-ops to include teens only. This allowed for more serious and more mature subject matter. When you have a co-op with only older students, you can be specific with including issues that pertain to teens. We included Bible and character, current events, worldviews, and logic at every co-op. We also made sure we had breakout sessions so the teens would learn to discuss and solve problems as a group, rotating leaders each week so the students would have experience leading a group. Our teen co-ops have been based on subjects such as truth, philosophy, callings and vocation, and worldview. Each co-op was scheduled to last 12 weeks. We began early in the morning, included lunch, and ended mid-afternoon. 
meeting once a week. In the co-ops that included younger children, we began in the morning and ended by noon. Sometimes we planned to stay for lunch so the parents could visit and the children could play. We've had evening co-ops so dads could be included as well. You're only limited by the schedules of those participating in the co-op. The range of topics one can pick for a co-op is endless. If you're new to this, then you may find great comfort in purchasing a co-op guide for the first time around. One of my summer projects is to add published PowerPoint presentations that can be adapted to the co-op guides we've published, so that your job will become even easier. I'm available for consultation as well, and depending on the needs of your co-op, I'm willing to help you on a weekly basis. Once you've experienced the benefits of homeschooling co-op style, you'll be hooked. So begin now by praying about the logistics, making plans for the fall, and find a few families to join you on this fun adventure. That's all for today. Thank you for joining us in homeschooling co-op style. If you like what you heard, be sure to tell your friends. And until next time, this has been Homeschooling Co-op Style.